Hello everyone, thank you for joining us today. Welcome to our webinar. If you have the comments box open, you can minimise this so you can see more of the screen. If you scroll to the bottom, you'll see there's a question section. You can put your questions there and we'll answer these at the end. Also, just to let you know, the replay of today will be available for download after the event. So a quick intro on who we are, as I'm sure most of you are aware, the AUA is a community interest company whose mission is to share knowledge and insight around animal ultrasound and to bring professional scanners and animal owners together. It's our aim to regularly share expert knowledge with you and grow our community. You're currently listening to me, Catherine, from New York with a cold, so I apologise for my voice. It's the New York Vet Show tomorrow. Most of you know me already. I've been scanning for nine years now, and I also specialise in heart scanning, which I teach to vets and human doctors alike. And I work part-time as a research sonographer now for Imperial College as well. And this helps to keep me at the forefront of technology. You're shortly going to hear from Yvette. And Yvette holds a postgraduate diploma in medical ultrasound. She trains consultant obstetricians, junior doctors and allied professionals at postgraduate level. Yvette's been running breeder courses since 2013 and she also works on our training program here. So the agenda today will cover why ultrasound scanning can go wrong, top tips to ultrasound scanning success, what are the main mistakes that scanners make, and then at the end, you'll be able to ask our expert Yvette, and we'll have a question and answer session. Okay, Yvette, over to you. Hello. Hello. So, so could we, we have, have the next, the next slide, slide, please? There you go. So, so where, where, where are you? can go, go wrong. wrong. Lack, Lack of, of training. training. I'm getting okay, quite a lot of feedback. Ultrasound scanning is not intuitive. So, in order, in order to, to be confident, it requires good knowledge of scan operations and knowledge of normal anatomy. And with all of this combined, knowing when to refer to a vet. So, there are lots of individuals, lots of individuals that, do that do participate in ultrasound examinations, examinations who don't really, don't appreciate, really appreciate this, this. And, as and as a result, this answer can ensue. Next, Next slide, slide, please. please. You want the next one, Yvette? Hello? Something's going on here. Hello? Something's going on here. Hi, Yvette. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. I don't know if I'm going to go back to the second slide, I hear please. you then. 
Could you go back to the second slide, please? Yeah, let me do that. I'm getting, I'm getting lots, lots of feedback. feedback. Yeah, it's every time I change the slide, the feedback begins, but then I, I'll turn it off for you. Thank you. Thank you. So, lack so of knowledge of all sound of normal anatomy can usually be a disaster. So, having an idea of what to expect inside the pitch's abdomen will form the fundamental of pregnancy diagnosis. So, if you get used to seeing what's inside a non-pregnant bitch, then you're more than likely going to be able to identify a pregnancy, even if it's quite early. Okay. So, you want to know that you've done a thorough examination and being able to correctly interpret your scan images will ensure that this happens. Can I have the next slide, please? So, on this slide, you can see a kidney, a liver, and the canine screen. And you can also see an early So, by knowing what these normal structures look like, it enables you to perform a methodical approach. And you're going to easily know that you've completed the whole of the bit of abdomen and that and you're that not going to miss a singleton pregnancy, which, as we as all we know, could be disastrous, disastrous at the end. end. And, and if, if you, you fail to, to see the normal, the normal anatomy, anatomy and your, your client, client is really unhappy because, because you've told, told them that there's three maybe, and then and they, they never nil because they weren't pregnant, because, because you mistakenly saw bowel and, and incorrectly identified that as a gestation sac, then you're not going to be very popular amongst your other clients because news, bad news travels fast. So knowing what the normal structures are and taking a methodical approach, you're not likely to miss anything. And you're more likely to know the training when you when need, you to, need re to re-scan. Can I have the next slide, please? So, if you see a pregnancy, that's great. But if you're scanning your bitch and you see the normal structures and you see no sign of a pregnancy, then it's really important to know when to stop, when to say there's a possibility that your dates are incorrect, and when to bring the bitch back. So again, by adopting a methodical approach and identifying normal anatomy, ensuring that you use the right landmarks, so starting at the bladder, coming up from the bladder between the nipples to the level of the spleen and uh, the liver, and then angling your probe out to the side as you go down, and then repeating that so you're going up the other way. If you see nothing, you're likely to suggest, if you've done training, to rescan in a week. If you haven't done any training, then it would be easy to misinterpret bowel loops. If you're unfamiliar with how to manage your probe, 
you could easily mistake bowel loops for uh, a, a pregnancy sac. And those of you who have participated in any training that I've undertaken will, will know how rigorous we, we get you to identify the difference between bowel and gestation sacs and finding the, the bitch's bladder. So as you can see on this slide, the bitch's bladder is the black area and behind it is, is bowel gas here. And this is a close up image at the bottom here of a piece of bowel. So you can see that that could easily be mistaken for a gestation sac. And again, if you're looking at the bitch and you cannot see a pregnancy, the other thing that you need to make sure that you're not missing is a pyometra. And if you've done training, then you'll know what exactly to look for and you won't make that uh, unforgivable mistake of missing one. Next slide, please. So there are two slides here. One on the left is a pyometra. So what we're seeing are not gestation sacs and are not loops of bowel. Uh, by rotating our probe on the loop of bowel, you'll get a long uh, cylindrical shape which will be moving because it's bowel. By rotating our probe on this structure, you may well get areas of uh, cylindrical shapes, but it certainly won't be peristalsing like bowel. And obviously, it's not going to look like a gestation sac. So if you miss this, your bitch or your client's bitch is going to be very, very ill very quickly. So for those of you who are not familiar with pyometra, it's an infection of the uterine horns. It comes in two forms. One is an open pyometra, which the client will no doubt recognize because there will be draining an unpleasant um, mucusy mess. Uh, if it's closed, then the bitch is going to be very well, very well, very well, and then die very quickly. Uh, because they do succumb very quickly once the, the levels of infection get high. And if you fail to notice this, and anyone who's done the training course should not mistake this for anything other than what it is, then you must, must, must refer to vet. So if you haven't done an ultrasound course recently, or you, you feel you need to top up, or you're contemplating offering a scan service to uh, the public, you really need to make sure that you're fully aware of what a pyometra looks like because you have a responsibility to, to keep those animals safe by referring to vet. And if you do miss one, then sadly, bad news travels fast and um, you could lose your client base. Uh, next slide, please. So something that, as a, as a member of the NHS, we feel very strongly about is hand hygiene. And that also applies to uh, you guys out there, not because, um, for any other reason than you, you're responsible for transmission between infections from site to site. Your scan machine may go with you to small holdings. You may take your scan machine to uh, a rescue center where bitches have been rescued from a puppy farm and they need you to confirm who's pregnant and who's not. All of the, the sites I've mentioned, they, they are at high risk from uh, having pathogens that are harmful and easily to spread to your other clients. Uh, those of you who remember the foot and mouth disease disaster, that disease on its own, any cloven hoof animal can be exposed to that and be very poorly. You're, you're looking at sheep, goats and cows. So taking good hand hygiene and uh, 
infection control on your scan machine. So keeping your scan machine clean, keeping your scan probe clean, keeping your connections between the scan machine and the probe clean using uh, an antibacterial wipe such as Clinel. There are other wipes available. Um, it will cut down the risk of you being responsible for transferring uh, a highly infectious disease unwittingly. And, you know, that is a serious potential and consideration that you need to make. So hand hygiene between clients, keeping your scan machine clean, keeping your probe clean and keeping your welly boots clean. If you're traipsing around in a field somewhere, you don't want to carry whatever's in that field into the, the next. So be responsible and uh, don't, don't uh, take any unnecessary risks there. Next slide, please. So one of the things that I've seen over the years is people making interesting choices on their scanning machines. It, it used to be the case that uh, the ideal solution to buying an ultrasound machine was to buy an ex-hospital uh, kit. But these days, you know, that they tend to get uh, dismantled rather than being sold on because of the hard drive security. And they're huge, great big things, which by the time the NHS has come around to get rid of them, they're not really very useful. So choose a training course where you get the chance to try different scan machines. And choosing the right equipment will enable you to, to be more confident in doing the scanning that you're doing. You'll be able to feel the right kind of probe that you're comfortable with, whether you choose a micro convex or a standard convex probe, which is more a human sized probe, whether you choose um, a machine with a touch screen. Some people would rather not have a touch screen, whether you choose something with a bigger keyboard, with a mouse. Th these things are all important when you're spending, you know, an, an initial high cost to set to buying equipment and setting yourself up choose the right training course that supports looking at different machines and working out what's best for you because at the end of the day you need to be able to leave that course confident that you've got a piece of kit that you can trust and that if you need help you can go back and ask for it if you need software updates you can get in touch with them and sort that out and if you need the odd information and um, maybe some support in, in looking at images, then you can go back and ask for that as well. We could, we we take seriously, uh, everyone out there may come across things that they're unfamiliar with. And part of training is to learn your limitations and learn common pathology and look at normal stuff. But everybody finds things they're unfamiliar with. And we like to think that at the AUA and the courses that we endorse, you get the opportunity to ask questions and learn more and keep your learning up to date. Next slide, please. So uh, to summarize, a good training course will allow you to try a range of equipment. It's really important to hold the scanner. It's really important to be able to have a bitch in front of you and see how it sits with your you ergonomically. You know, would you be happy looking if it's for yourself, if you've got uh, show bitches, the show bitch may well be happy standing. Would you be happy with the scan machine scanning other bitches that are only happy to stand on a table? Or are you happy to get down on the floor and scan bitches on the floor? Different kind of machines are going to be more suitable for doing those things. 
Are you, do you have a problem with your knees? Do you have a problem with your shoulders? These things are all important when it comes to seeing how a piece of kit works with you because how you scan and the ergonomics of the scanning environment makes a big difference to um, injuring yourself musculoskeletally. So another, the, the other thing that is really important, you need to learn the basic skills and how to get the best out of your machine. You know, are you being taught the difference between depth and uh, magnification? Are you being taught which frequency is best used for uh, which size breed? Are you being taught how to get the best out of your settings, that you can change your settings and save your settings? Are you being offered a machine that is way above what you actually need? Is somebody trying to encourage you to spend a fortune on an all singing or dancing machine where really you only need the basic settings, you only need one probe and you only need um, a very uh, simple screen. You don't need a touch screen or you don't need a machine that's that all singing and dancing. So when you're looking at your course, know that the people that are providing you with the information have a reliable um, reputation. Look at what the other course members have said. Look at the star values and see if you can see that they're actually genuine um, values. You know, people have actually said, yes, this is this is the course I went on and this is what I really liked about it. Does it ring true? Are people saying, well, actually, I like this bit, but I didn't like that bit. That's more likely to be a true uh, representation of something that happened on a course rather than somebody who says it's all singing or dancing. OK, next slide, please. So once trained, any course that you go on, that's worth its, its um, salt, will teach you how to change your depth and the relevance of depth to the the stage of the pregnancy. You know, if you're looking at a very early pregnancy, you can have an increased depth. So you can look at the whole of the abdomen until you find it. If you're looking at a later pregnancy, you might want to change your depth so you can actually see uh, things closer to you in, in the near field. And, you know, should you be using uh, five megahertz or would you get away with seven or maybe three and a half megahertz is better for you if you're scanning a big dog then you need to know how to change your frequency to get the best image you need to learn about infection control as i've said already and once you're familiar with holding your probe and making the small movements and using a methodical approach to diagnose a pregnancy then you can start to learn how to accurately calculate the gestational age and that requires good uh, hand-eye coordination, knowing what exactly you're looking for and being able to repeat the same thing and get um, a set of images that are similar so that you can compare and take a mean of the diameter of a pregnancy sac or the diameters of uh, the canine fetal head in order to establish the gestational age without learning the finer skills of your probe manipulation and learning how to anchor it and how to use the calculation your package you're not going to be able to do this accurately which is why some courses are offered at 
a certain level and we say go away and, and learn and practice and then come back and learn the finer skills and that's a really good thing too are you being invited to learn everything all in one go or are you being invited to learn a certain percentage the basic stuff and then to go away and come back when you've grasped that and then you can inform your knowledge and improve next slide please so the main mistakes not having any training well i think i've emphasize the errors that occur with that enough. Um, the fact that you can misdiagnose, miss a pio, um, basically come out looking very silly and not being able to offer a professional service. Having equipment that's not suitable for the job, well, that speaks for itself really. You need a scan machine and a scan probe that is ideal for the job that you need to do. And by testing out that equipment, you would know that that machine is the best thing for you. Mistaking a cross section of bowel for gestation sac, rookie mistake, absence of training. And that even occurs at um, vet level, I have to say, sadly, that without knowing what to do with your probe, it's easy to mistake a section of bowel for a gestation sac. Again, not knowing how to rotate the probe using small mistakes will actually cause a, a problem to your scanning skills and make you make errors. And having a methodical approach to examine the whole of the bitch's abdomen, key in not missing an early pregnancy or a singleton. Next slide, please. So, if you do see what you think is an empty bitch, are you really looking at an empty bitch or has the breeder got the dates wrong? So knowing when it's too early to scan and when to rescan. Again, knowing how to adjust your depth and gain to give you the best image quality will enable you to uh, see an earlier pregnancy if there's one there, if you have time to look for it. If you start with a, a depth of only three centimetres, then you're certainly not going to see a very early pregnancy that's quite posterior. So knowing that actually 10 centimetres is not a bad place to start in a bigger dog and you can change your depth once you've seen something that you want to look at closely. Not referring to vet. Knowing your limitations, knowing what normal anatomy looks like, knowing when something doesn't look normal, that's the stage that you must refer to vet. And one of those things often is a pio, and we see those frequently in young breeding bitches, more frequently now that other people are scanning. Big, big mistake, and as far as myself as an NHS uh, member of staff is concerned with, and um, those people that have a scan machine and think it's safe to scan their family members in pregnancy, false reassurance leads to pregnancy loss, and I'm really sure that those people who love their family members and are concerned about their pregnancy, if they have any concerns about their pregnancy, they should go straight to their midwife or their GP and avoid even being tempted to scan. Um, it, 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 you just don't want to be responsible for any poor outcomes. So please don't be tempted to scan your family members or scanning yourself. You don't know what you're looking at and uh, you're not qualified to uh, diagnose pregnancy in humans unless you've done a postgraduate course that is. Next slide please. So I've come to the end of my presentation um, and if you have any questions then I'd only be too glad to ask uh, answer them.
Hello. Hello. Great. Thanks, Yvette. I've just turned my microphone back on, so hopefully everyone can hear me now. Okay. Um, so this is the opportunity to ask Yvette any questions. Just write them at the bottom of the screen. Um, in the meantime, there's one common question that I'm often asked, and that is, what happens if I take all the advice that you've just given, doing all the right things, getting trained, buying a good scanner, how do I then deal with the fact that I might be losing business to individuals who are not doing this? And what I would say to that is, I mean, first of all, organisations like the AUA, we're working hard to raise awareness within the general public about the dangers of using unapproved scanners. And it is working. We're starting to see now a change. Over the past couple of years, there's been a steady increase in the number of inquiries coming directly to us, for people who are specifically wanting an accredited scanner. So that's something new. It's not something that we used to see. So that's encouraging. Um, similarly, the number of complaints that are coming not only from customers, but now also from vets about untrained scanners are growing to a point where organisations are starting to take notice now. Uh, we kind of knew this would happen eventually, and it seems to be happening now. We're aware of at least two ongoing lawsuits at the present time with regard to this. So things definitely are changing. In the meantime, it is a bit of a waiting game, I'm afraid. But what you can do is deliver as much extra value as you can that your competitors can't. So if you're a member, utilize your AUA profile, take the time to export images and videos properly via USB, showcase your work on your profile, share your scan links with clients so they can in turn share them with their friends. This is the kind of service that your competitors will never offer. And if they're completely untrained, for example, they're probably not going to want to be sharing their images at all. So it really can mark you out as different. I'm just going to scroll down and see if anybody's asked any questions here. We've got a question here. Okay, do you want to take that one, Yvette? Yeah. So, depending, are we able to do anything about the feedback again? Oh, yeah, sorry, let me turn myself off while you answer this. So, that's a very good question, actually. Scanning an overweight bitch is a bit of a nightmare. It depends really on the kind of bitch that we're talking about. So if you're, if you have um, a, a, a bulldog breed, then they have quite a big, thick fat pad on their tummy. And what I would suggest is, A, uh, try going in sort of just in the armpit of of the bitch in the low in the hind leg so at the side of the midline so where i would say normally go in uh, the midline go in slightly to the side in through her armpit yeah uh, british bulldogs do do come quite difficult sometimes so scan from her armpit her rear armpit and push towards the midline so you're actually shoving the fat out of the way a bit also having something in the in the bladder helps because it actually acts as a sonic window so it's allowing the ultrasound to go that deep before it then meets the pregnancy so use a low frequency so if you can go down to one and a half megahertz three and a half megahertz you may or may not be aware that low frequency gives you high penetration so the other thing i would suggest is try not to scan too early so make sure you're scanning at a gestation where you know you should be able to see something so maybe closer to 30 days I wouldn't bother going in 
um, unless she's your own bitch and you've got time to, to spend um, go, going going in looking for something that's only 17 days. So low frequency, try and, and scan her when she's got something in her bladder and take the depth down uh, or increase your depth rather so you can see way beyond and angle through um, her bladder and through the armpit. That will give you the best window, I think. There's a, a, a mention down here about, about clipping. And I rarely clip. So I guess if you're going to clip, you're going to have to make sure that you get something in writing from your clients. That's probably the best thing. Uh, have scanned already going tomorrow will be six weeks. Not quite sure what you mean, Anna. The bulldog question. So she said she's already given it a go and tomorrow the dog will be six weeks. Okay, okay you can't, can't see, see it. it. Um, I don't know. She just said any tips. So maybe she can. Maybe she's not getting good images. Um, okay. Perhaps if Anna sends us an email or a Facebook message or something, we can answer her more okay. fully. Um, but regarding the, the clipping, I agree with you. I mean, to be honest, when we started, we were probably a bit lax. I used to shave dogs, not right to the skin, but just a little bit down the midline. And it wasn't kind of a, a big deal back then. I'm talking like eight, nine years ago. But um, a lot of people have corrected me since on the group and said, no, no, you know, we're proper groomers. And it's really important that unless you are qualified, that you don't clip someone else's dog. And I can see that. So um i would say you're right either don't do it at all if you don't have the qualifications to do it or at least get people to sign some kind of disclaimer if you're going to do that but, but also, also can you do the mute thing that's lovely but also what i would say is that if you follow um a, a decent technique you should be scanning down the nipple line which in the majority of dogs is fairly fairly low in hair density especially in pregnancy and if you put enough gel on you rarely rarely have to clip unless you've got a newfoundland or, or something that's got a very hairy tummy you should be able to get away from it away with it i mean the idea is to confirm pregnancy and not do the counting um because that's often unreliable but you shouldn't need to clip really okay i've done Hello? Can you not hear me, Yvette? I can now. Okay. Um, yeah, just with a watering down the gel, we were able to, to get around that problem. Um, I'm going to just finish off the last couple of slides now. And if people have other questions, we can always answer them um, on Facebook or, or by email. So. If you're looking to find out if there's more training available for you, you can go on the AUA website. There's now more and more courses than ever being held at various locations across the UK and indeed in other countries of the world now. We're going to improve, you know, that little button there where you click to find the best training for you. We're, we're just working on improving it so it shows up as a kind of a calendar and you can see for the next few months everything that's scheduled 
so that'll be anything that the AUA approves so we know the content of it and we, we approve the quality of it so it might not necessarily be something run directly by us so that's coming in the next week or so once you are trained to level two you can become a full AUA accredited member and this membership allows you to have an online listing as an AUA approved scanner and you can use that to share your pregnancy scans and your videos as I mentioned earlier you can access continued development videos and articles and we're adding more and more of those all the time you get discounts on our products and our services and most importantly I would say is the marketing support you get from the AUA so the AUA doesn't make a profit um, on any year and all the money that we take from membership subscriptions is invested back into promoting each one of you so um, if you speak to existing members I'm sure many of them can tell you they've seen probably an increase in the number of inquiries as I said earlier coming through so it is growing all the time the awareness is rising uh, final slide so here's all the contact information probably all um, have all that anyway I hope you found the webinar useful for those who had technical problems as I mentioned at the beginning we're going to be having a download link later so you can download the webinar in full and hopefully anything that you missed at the beginning you'll be able to catch up on please let us know if you want to subscribe to our monthly newsletter you can send us through your email address and we can add you and remember to keep checking website for the latest blogs and articles on animal ultrasound all our training courses mm -hmm. and we look forward to sharing more tips with you soon thank you very much and thank you yvette for your time as well you're, you're welcome, welcome. There's one, one last, last question, question that talks, talks about, about the level, level two. two yep go ahead um, the question is from brian priest and it says does the level two course show you how to measure puppies to determine how many days there are and is it accurate Yes, it does. It shows you at what stage of pregnancy to measure what, and it shows you how to do it accurately. And uh, I have slides to prove that it's accurate. So yes, come to the level two and you will learn how to do that. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.